With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash codeassistant. IBM. Let's create. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to Good Calls with Dean Blandino, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Good Calls. I'm Dean Blandino. Let's get right into it today. As always, Travis Hansen, Joe Madrid, and our friend of the show, Scott Tamil, joining us. Scott's got a lot of opinions. He's on a word count, so we just got to keep track. Travis, you're you're in charge of keeping Scott in in, in check, okay? It's just nothing different than uh, being in studio, then. It is, but I like that Scott's very opinionated and he's knowledgeable on actually a lot more topics than you and Joe are. So oh, absolutely, like Joe Joe <laughs> has a certain wheelhouse. Travis, you have a certain wheelhouse. Um, Joe's gonna. Joe knows, you know, the sports gaming world. He knows MMA. Um, maybe, maybe a little bit about uh, sports. Travis, you're you're kind of horse, you know, horse riding and, and all of that outdoor stuff from <laughs> Wyoming. And Scott can cover everything else. The history of the world is what I cover. Let me tell you what I just heard. It's more about Wyoming. We'll talk about later. I just heard Joe's know, knows all the badass stuff, and those guys know all the goofy <laughs> shit. So Joe knows Joe, no, Joe knows Joe knows about electric cars as well. This is true. Meanwhile, Joe, I don't know. I saw the I saw the uh, I saw the, uh, the electric car. Porsche has an electric car now. The take the Taycan or something. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen that? The Model X blows it out of the water for half the price. Don't even get me started that on that. Mean? Don't even get me started. The Model X blows it out of the water for half the price. I don't know. I saw one and I was like, ooh, that looks nice. I think that might be nicer than the Tesla. It's nice looking, but it's performance-wise, not even close. Yeah, who do wants it? a car that looks nice now? I'm just, I'm, I'm very superficial. <laughs> when you can get a Tesla. For me, it's not what's under the hood. Give it five years and they might <laughs> maybe be able to sniff us. Maybe. Fair enough. All right, let's get into obviously um, a lot going on right now in, in in the sports world, and and a lot of it doesn't involve the actual playing of games or getting back to playing games with with obviously with COVID nineteen. But the thing, the kind of thing that jumped out was what we feel, what feels like a a real sea change and a a real reversal in terms of the NFL's approach as it pertains to. Um, the national anthem, Colin Kaepernick, things like that. And this, 
Let's start with let's start with Drew Brees. You know, Drew Brees. I think anyone that has been and I've been lucky enough to spend time with him. I actually got to talk to him before the Super Bowl on the field, and uh, you know, an unbelievable guy, super nice guy. You can't find someone that's more respected in the National Football League. And he made some comments that that I think a lot of people felt missed the mark. Um, you know, regarding his thoughts on on the flag and how he wouldn't agree with people taking a knee because of his background and his grandfather's that fought for this country. And there was a lot of backlash um, for Drew speaking his opinion. Um, this led to him apologizing. Um, teammates were upset. Players were uh, kind of up in arms, felt, felt like the comments missed the mark. I, this is, it's tough. Like, I think it, I think for me, yes, considering everything that is happening, for, for, for Drew to come on and talk about the flag, it just, it was almost dismissive of the issues that, that, that not, not are just taking place now, that have been taking place and seem to have been brought to light um, even further because of the George Floyd situation. And, and obviously that's, that, you know, what happened there. And it just kind of, it, it kind of missed the point. For me, it missed the point about what, you know, it's not about, the flag it's not about i think that's been the missing the missing deal in all of this is that that what colin kaepernick did at least for me it wasn't he wasn't trying to disrespect the flag he was trying to bring attention to something that's happening in this country that's been happening in this country and that was um you know his his approach to it and and he felt after talking to nate boyer who who is a former army green beret rather than sit nate recommended that he kneel and that would be less that would be seen as less disrespectful to, to you know, armed forces, veterans, and people that are currently serving and, and people that have family members. So it's just a, it's a really interesting time right now. And, and at least the silver lining in all of this is that we're having these conversations. And we're having uncomfortable conversations. And uh, I'm sure it was uncomfortable for Drew Brees. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know what you guys think in terms of, of, of how that was the – was the fallout warranted, and, and kind of where do we go from here? I'll go first, and I think it definitely was warranted. Four years ago, he made these similar kind of comments Drew Brees did, and then it was, you know, it, for whatever reason, it was okay. But now it's too many people have gotten on board, and too much momentum has, has, has finally, you know, come up with his comments again this time. You know, the first time it was it was ignorant, and the second time it just seems like it was blatant, and he's smarter than that. I think he just needs to stay away from that. Um, but the, the apologies are, are great. And it seems like now we've got the conversation rolling in the right direction to, to see change. And I'm, I'm happy about that. That's, that's the most conviction I've ever heard from Travis. I think <laughs> since I've known him. Like, what did you have a thing with Drew Brees? Did Drew Brees do something to you? No, I actually, I've worked at charity events before. I have friends. And who, was he like a dick to you? Because that's what it sounds like. No, he wasn't. But it's just to me, the timing was so bad. He, he just needed to think about what he was going to say, and and he and he didn't, and it and it was just disappointing to me because he's done so much good for for the league and for himself and for charitable donations and things that he's done. So it's like, you know, his character is just he didn't think about well, it, and, and, and that and it's just and poorly timed. And I think that's the thing. It's like, but that's a that gets me to a bigger question too. Is someone like that that probably does more in his community or does more for charity? than all of us combined, 
um, right. and that all that more than most people who walk around in America ever think about doing in their lifetime. He probably does more in a year. And and are we in this environment where one fault, one misstep, whether it's social media or something that we say, does that tear down all the good that that person has done? Can we be can we be judged on our best and worst moment? You know. Like, like, does that tear down everything? And now people are going to see Drew Brees in a certain light. Is that fair? I don't think well, it's fair. I, he's I, he, he'll recover. I mean, people will forget about it. I think Travis is dead on though. Like, the timing is just really bad. And as being a friend of a C level celebrity, uh, my friend Shane Faison, I always make sure yeah. that <laughs> you know. I always I'm, I'm, B, I'm B minus. So B. Anyway. You know, yeah, I always B minus. I think it was a bad move for his friends, his agent, his manager to even let that come out. It was, how do you not pre, you know, give him the, the, I, the I, talk I, before that and say, hey, dude, stay away from this as far as you want to get away. I don't think there was, I don't think it was, it was an intentional, like in terms of coming from a bad place, but sometimes you just have to understand right now, especially um, for, for white people, you know, it's, we have to listen and we have to educate ourselves, um, continue to educate ourselves, um, you know, before we start throwing opinions around and just really start to listen and start to, you know, we can affect change in a lot of different ways and, and making those types of comments, I think sometimes sets, sets the whole, the whole, the whole movement back a little bit. And I think that's, well, that's I, one of the issues. I think you brought up a good point, but it, it goes as far as like what is cancel culture and things like that. But, what is important to remember is that he's such a pillar of the community, which is why it's almost worse than if it was just, you know, sure, sure. Uh, a, a different person. Because I, I'm going to refer to a friend of mine. He is a African-American guy. He's from Mississippi. His name's Carl Tart. He's a very funny actor, comedian, writer. He is from that area. And he may, he tweeted this out, which I think is absolutely true, which is, you know, New Orleans is 60% black African-American. You know, that's one of the blackest cities in America. People worship Drew Brees there. The team is a huge source of pride. Uh, obviously, they've brought hope to the city in the past as well. Sure. So when you want to talk about reading the room, you know, at this, call it whatever you want, these heightened emotions or just like a focal point on race in America to make that statement when he did. And as Travis said, he's repeating something he said in the past. It's like, whatever you think he truly believes, it, it is one of those like, yeah, publicist things where it's like, read the room, my friend. Like, yeah. what are you doing right now? And that's also why, yeah, it is a black city. So you need to remember that even though you're a pillar of the community, you also reflect it. You know, yeah. so uh, and and I his words they, carry his words carry more weight. I mean, there, there's yeah, that, there's no question, and I think that's a good point um, because this this is again, this is a guy like you said, repeating something, firmly believes that, and 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 hopefully in all of this, and that's the thing about cancel culture, and that's the thing we we can't continue the dialogue, and we can't affect change if we're 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 just. Once somebody does something, takes a misstep, we're just forgetting about it because we all have different opinions. We all have to exchange those opinions. And then, and then he came out and he apologized. And if 
it sounds like obviously he's sincere. And if that's, if that's somebody's mind who has been, who has been, I won't say changed necessarily because you don't know what, but at least he's been, he, he sees the issue with making that statement and he's going to change the way he approaches things. That's one more person, right? And then we just continue down that path. But we have to have the freedom and at least the ability to exchange those ideas and have that, that uncomfortable conversation um, in order to make, you know, make the changes that are necessary. Well, and his teammates responded, you know, both negatively, but then when he, you know, he, afterwards he made his apology, multiple apologies and his teammates are like, Hey, he's listening. So yeah, it's just now it's working together and moving forward. It's not like his teammates are, they seem to have acknowledged, you know, his sincerity. So, yeah, you know, we just got to wait and see. And, and yeah. you see and, in these locker rooms, there's, there's so many uncomfortable conversations that these guys have that we never get to see as outsiders working in the media or in different jobs. You know, our fans listening to the show. Like I've been, I've been in the locker rooms as, as a PR intern, you know, way back in the day with the Vikings and you hear conversations with things that are thrown out there. This is years and years ago that you, you would be very uncomfortable if you, if you heard them. And, and there's their private conversations, which, which is great because then they're talking about it. So I'm, I'm really curious and anxious to, to see and hopefully hear about some of the things that go on in the locker room, you know, going forward when the, when the teams do get back to those. But places. how many times, and, and I agree, and how many times we, we have, we have that environment. Like there are times when we're in the studio and the group of us and think about over the last couple of years, the groups that we've had, especially if it's, you know, maybe it's Friday night and, and it's, it's one college game and we have more of an opportunity to talk. Think about the people we've had in the room, you know, whether it's myself, Joe, you, Travis, Scott, Asian, Mike Davis, African-American, Janita, African-American, the conversations that we've had about race and different things. I mean, those, some of those conversations have been uncomfortable, but they're necessary, right? They're necessary that, because this is what's happening, you know, whether it's a locker room, whether it's somebody's job, whether it's, it's, it's interacting with people on a daily basis. Those are the conversations we have to have. We need, me as a white man, I need to see other people's perspective. I didn't, I can't have another person's experience. I can only have my own, but I have to be able to open my eyes and see what other people go through and try to, try to find some common ground and say, okay, I didn't, I didn't recognize that because I didn't experience that. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen. I can't dismiss it. Right. And I can't just, and it's no longer good enough to just say, well, you know, I'm not racist and I treat people, I treat people based on their character. So I'm good. Now what, 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 what really has to happen is we have to take the next step and say, okay, that's good, but we have to now have conversations. We have to, we have to, you know, if we have children, raise our children the right way, have conversations with our, with our people who are close to us, talk to people from different backgrounds and different, and different, you know, races and kind of figure it out because, because this has been happening for a long time and uh, we still haven't seen the changes that, that are necessary. And, and maybe this is the, maybe this is the, the key moment in time. It feels like it feels like 2020 is is a year that people are going to remember um, for a long, long time. And hopefully, it's 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 a positive, not a negative. I think yeah, it just comes down to COVID being locked up and all of it just finally coming out and everyone. I think. I think it comes ahead, down to us lacking empathy as a society. That's really what it is. To be quite honest, we're just oh empathy, yeah. empathy, yeah. compassion, all those things. Um, 
And I think really what, it really, what it really boils down to, Dean, is there are good calls and there are bad calls. And Drew happened to make a bad call. And this is all about good calls. And, bad, and a couple of bad calls ruined the bunch, right? They, they spoiled the bunch. Is that, is that how it goes? That's pretty much how it goes, let's, man. Let's, yeah. nice, nice segue, Joe. Let's talk about the – so the, the NFL kind of did it about face. And it, and it came from – and this is such an interesting story. Um, NFL employees um, – kind of reached out Brendan Minter I don't know I don't know Brendan I worked at the NFL but I don't know if he started after I left so I don't know him um kind of reached out to started with Michael Thomas I believe from the same yep. and uh and reached out about doing a video you know not this is not sanctioned by the league this was something that that he and I think another another employee came up with and and they and I think we've all seen this video where it's it's guys like Saquon Barkley, Barkley and and Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas and, and talking about, you know, you know, bringing attention and speaking, you know, that they are George, George Floyd as well. And this was not something went out of behind the, you know, it's tough to say behind the league back, but obviously an important issue. Then they presented it to the, the higher ups at the NFL had a zoom call and it led to Roger Goodell coming out and saying that the league got it wrong in 2016 that's a big big deal and that is that is um you know i've been in that office i know how it works and uh and and so when you speak out a lot of times um there are repercussions and this was a this was really a courageous a courageous deal and uh and it seems to have have shifted some 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 thoughts up in that league office which is which is a positive so um you know I, i think it's Again, courageous, and hopefully, hopefully, this is the the start of the league really working with the players and letting the players, um, you know, voice their opinions, and, and hopefully, some, some serious change can happen. Yeah, I think we all saw that that Goodell video around the same time, and just started texting it to different people, and and to him, for him to say that they were wrong is, is just huge, and, and it's great. We're seeing change now. I think. And, but the bottom line is, I mean, ultimately, do we do we think Colin Kaepernick's going to get signed by a team? No, I don't know. I don't. Think I, so. I don't think so. But I don't know if that's even really the issue. I think what his his purpose was was to, to get this message out, and 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 unfortunately, it took too long for this message to come out. Had it come out in 2016 or 17, maybe his skills wouldn't have diminished. But now he's 32 and he hasn't played in four years. Like, but I, 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 but I think, when there's a guy like when there's a guy like uh, Cam Newton out there who's probably better, younger. Like, but I, go down the roster. Go down the roster. Go down backup. Go go down to two and three. You know, even sure. even just to have, even just to be in training camp. Colin, I don't care if he's been out of the league three or four years. Colin Kaepernick should be on a roster. I mean, you can't argue that the argument that he doesn't look at look at the players that are on NFL rosters right now, and and that there are some people there are some people that are going to say I don't care what Roger Goodell says until Colin Kaepernick gets signed by a team. That's, Malcolm that's Jenkins gonna, did that on CBS this morning. Said that he's like he wants to see Kaepernick signed and wants to see change there. And that's, I, and that's I, how I, some people get stuff. Oh, I was just gonna say. I think you know. I I still think a lot of teams are afraid of stepping in there and signing of him. Course. And and you know, there's just I I, I don't think he's gonna end up on a team and. And if I might dissent a little, I thought the Goodell statement, well, good, is just kind of like, uh, 
you know, it's important symbolically for the league to kind of come forward, but it's like too little, too late. You know, like the player sure. testimonial was powerful. But for me, I'm a cynic. I was just like, well, this it's, it's react. Like, yeah, it's just kind of like, all right, well, wow, very cool. If you don't, but you like, you know, like you're saying also, we got to see action on this because otherwise it's just empty words. It's, it's, it's the equivalent of when Jerry Jones took a knee with the team and it's like, wow, okay, so he did that one. Well, things are good now. They're not. So we need well, to that, that's more. It. It, and that's exactly it. And now it's time for the transition to actions. Like, I get it and all of the, you know, the social media stuff and, and everything else. And I think that's, that's raising awareness. And, and solidarity and everything else. But at some point, like, I can't, I can't just, I can't just post, right, a black rectangle on my Instagram page and feel like I've done something. Mm-hmm. It has to go beyond that, right? And, 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 you know, it's, we have to continue to have these conversations and, and affect change. Um, I can for, tell you right now, in, regar- in regards to Kaepernick, he's a nine to one dog to get signed this year. Yeah, that's I, pretty I think, good, actually. I, I don't know. Think about, think about a team. Okay, this this is the conversation that's happening. Okay, if we sign him, there are going to be some people that say we only signed him. We, we we bow to external pressure, and we put him on a we put him on a roster. Um, now he, let's say, he's just not, you know, he's not cutting it, and he's not panning out, and we're going to cut him. There's going to be backlash there. There's going to be backlash. Look, the reality is I see this stuff around the country and I'm amazed because I don't feel that way, but I can't, I can't stick my head in the sand and, and, th- and think that there aren't racist people out there. And there aren't people that aren't going to watch the NFL because someone's signed Colin Kaepernick. There will be. I think the smartest like, thing a team could videos, do would be, would be to sign them, especially I'd sign them right this second. I think it'd be a really intelligent move. Well, I think those teams have to, like, there's no question he belongs in the NFL. He belonged in the NFL in 2016. Um, but again, it, there's, there's, for lack of a better term, baggage that comes with it. And that's what, but the thing is, like Malcolm Jenkins said and others, Roger Goodell can say all, everything he wants. They can release all the statements they want. But until their, their actions are what, is what's going to prove that they're serious about this. And and that's then that's ultimately what it's going to come down to. Yeah, right now uh, would be I, a I good also, time for someone to sign him, so they could, you know, yeah. there's going to be a media circus around it, no matter what happens, when it happens, if it happens. But right now, with the you know the ability to do Zoom call, do Zoom calls, and not have to be in front of media, but you have to think it even at training camp, there's going to be a huge, huge gathering yeah. to, to talk yeah. to him. And, I think but, it would be but smart, or, but but time. But time would, yeah, I think it'd be smart to sign him now, too. I think it'd be smart from a PR perspective, but I think he's just a good enough player to play in the NFL, and especially when you look at what the quarterbacks who are succeeding now. Yeah, the, the, I mean, he's right Matt there with Schaub him. is still in the league as a back. That's the thing. The talent, the, the, the talent, you can't argue. No offense to Matt Schaub, if you're a listener. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and so <laughs> that he couldn't provide value to a team as a backup quarterback. You can't argue. Um, that he wouldn't, and and that's what I think ultimately is it's going to come down to. Um, and also, and also, real quick, the people who say they're going to stop watching the NFL, they said that a few years ago, 
99.9% of people will still watch. They, yeah, they just I don't, it's football. I don't disagree with that necessarily, but remember, the ratings did drop. There was, you know, and I know it was, it, you know, the election, the election was part of it and all of that. You know, we've, we've got an election year coming up. You know, it's, it's, I, I don't, I don't disagree that people are going to watch, but, but don't be like naive to the ignorance that takes place in this country and, and the, the, the kind of the, some of the people and the way they, they, they perceive some of this stuff that's happening around the country. It's, it's scary sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So then just shifting gears before we take a break. So the league office did send out a memo protocols for player return to club facilities. Um, some teams are returning coaches. I talked to, um, some coaches and some people on coaching staffs around the league. So they are back in the building. It, it does feel like though, the more people I talk to, this, this kind of feels like more of a PR thing that, Hey, look, you know, our coaches are back in the building. Things are, things are, are returning to normal. Whereas the coaches and the people that I talked to said they were getting more done from home because they were having Zoom meetings. They can't, you know, they can't have the players and be on the practice field right now. So the Zoom meetings have been productive. Everybody's been able to communicate. And the only thing that's changed is now they're in their office at the facility, still having Zoom meetings. Like they're not together in a in a in a linebacker room or in a in a defensive back room having meetings. They're they're doing it through Zoom, and uh, and they're doing it based on the protocols and and. Guys, you know, you come into the facility, you're getting, you have to fill out a questionnaire when you get up in the morning in terms of things like I had to fill out, I went to a dent, my dentist appointment last week. I had to fill out a questionnaire. Have I had any symptoms? Have I had a cough? Have I had a fever in the last 14 days? All of those things. Then they get their temperature taken. I got my temperature taken at the, uh, at the dentist. I was 97.8. They let me stay. Um, I was wearing a face mask. They're going to have to wear a face mask and they're going to have to wear a face mask, face covering throughout their day in the facility and they're in their office doing zoom calls. So um, it's interesting to see how, how this plays out because a lot of people I talked to said they were being just productive at home uh, because everything's virtual right now anyway. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. But it seems like it's just like a symbolic, like we're getting back to work. And, and I think there's, and look, I'm not arguing with that. I like the positivity. I like the optimism. I think we need, you know, we need positive right now. And, and so, um, you know, I, I, still no, don't know I, I don't think it's bad. I don't think I, it's I don't bad, think it's bad I either. I, I just think, call it what it is, you know, let's, and, and the thing is like, I still don't know. I don't know what to believe. I, I don't know. I don't know what, with, with COVID, the, you know, the world health organization, they, they make a statement that if you're asymptomatic, that, that it's very rare that you would transmit the disease. And then, so that headline goes out and everybody now, oh, it was a sham. It was a farce. We shut down the economy. We shut down businesses and it was all a, a, a lie. And then they kind of walk back and, and, and the, the doctor that made the comment says, well, I was just answering a question. And now I've read that it's 16% of asymptomatic people can transmit. What? Somebody please help me because I don't know what is going on right now with COVID. No comment. I have no idea what's going on with it either. It's, 
I, 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 I've settled into working from home. So out of this, it's like, I've enjoyed it. I get to spend more time with my family. That's it. You know? So <laughs> thankfully, thankfully no one I know has it or has gotten it, but I know two people. I don't know what to think kids. of it either. You have eight kids. So you got to I, I have two children. time with them. They're, <laughs> they're in an impressionable age. I don't know how you divide eight your kids. time. Three wives. I don't know how you do it. I know. It's, it's I, amazing. I, have, I have two children, one wife, guys. But I don't know, Scott. Can you <laughs> help me? You you know a lot about this. What 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 should we be doing right now? Should we still play the doctor on TV? No. Joe doesn't should want we what? Joe doesn't want to social distance. Should we still be social distancing? With all the, I mean, I look, I get it. With all the protests, I'm. I, I think the peaceful protests and everything else, but we're in the middle of a pandemic. This has to have some impact. It, I think it, I think it will have some impact, but I think also we're seeing cases rise in states that have that reopened a few weeks ago. I think we just, you know, you just have to play it by ear as far as like, you know, no one is a hundred percent an expert on this. This is a new thing we're dealing with. So yeah. I'm I'm all for you know we're trying to reopen so tying it back into like you know nfl nba like training facilities are reopening but you just got to be careful i mean that's that's all you can say and uh, uh you know i know you guys have said this in previous episodes too but i it's hard to foresee like the nfl season may start on time but it's hard to to imagine even a half-filled stadium at sure. this point sure. until we know more and we're learning new stuff every day, so hopefully we get we get it figured out here. All right, I feel like that seems like a good time to take a break. Let's and get to uh, the, uh, returning let's some later. Thanks for that. That's what I was going to do. <laughs> all right, let's take a break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to talk. Of, we're going to give updates on on all of our professional sports. When will we see professional sports back in America? Next on Good Call. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM. Let's create. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, 
Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. All right, we're back on Good Calls. And I just wanna I just wanna mention the dedication that Joe Madrid has to this show. Um, <laughs> he he is we're recording the show and he has other things going on. He's about to he's about to put his boat in the water. Um, he's He's down. I don't know where you are, Joe. Somewhere in Arizona, and uh, and he took your time out of your day of boating and and water sports to join us for good calls. We appreciate that. Of course, of so, course. You know, I appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys moving the time up a little bit so I could catch sunset. Thank you. Of course, um, beautiful sunset. So let's let's kind of run through. We talked NFL, NBA. Um, so we got a, we got a firm return date of July thirty first right now. So teams will start their respect respective training camps on the thirtieth. Then they're going to report to the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex in Orlando, and uh, and then season start July thirty first. Tentative NBA Finals date has them starting September thirtieth. So some clarity now on the NBA season starting to crystallize. I think I think one of the only questions for me is. You know, I, I kind of feel for teams with the better records that earned what would normally be home court advantage, because now forget home court advantage is out the window at this point. And so I understand that that's the reality of it, but you just kind of, I don't know, is, is there an asterisk, you know, with this season? I think all of this season is going to have an asterisk, but at least I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that we've got a date, we've got a location. And, uh, and like we talked about last week, right, 22 teams, um, and uh, and we'll go from there. So Bro, this whole year has an asterisk. That. It's going to be like, oh, oh yeah. 2020, and people are going to be like, oh, oh, 2020. Yeah, it's kind of, eh, all right. So, yeah, asterisk on everything. 2020 is, has got a lot going on. Um, NHL, Depends on who wins. Depends right? on who wins if there's an asterisk, I think. NHL teams, um, you know, starting to reopen their rinks, their facilities as part of phase two. They can start their voluntary workouts. Uh, several teams opened up this week. Small workouts and, uh, training camps are not going to start before July 10th. We talked about the, the right to the, the 24 team playoff format, which I think is going to be super cool. I'm excited about that. Uh, my Rangers are, are, are in it. So we haven't had a little, we haven't had playoffs for my Rangers in a while. So I'm, I'm happy. And, and so, you know, I think NBA, NHL, NFL, I'm pretty, I'm comfortable college football, you know, I think has a bigger hurdle, but like I said, you know, the, the feedback that I'm getting, and I think um, even the NCA has, has alluded to this is that we may end up with a shortened season. We may end up with a delayed season, um, but I think we're going to have a season. It's going to look different. Uh, depending on where you are around the country, uh, and 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 then certainly the CFP, um, they're planning on playing on schedule. The championship game is January 11th, 2021, in 
Miami. If anybody's interested in uh, in joining me in Miami, I will. Uh, I'm taking uh, I'm taking requests for the trip. Um, so you know, I think I think NBA, NHL, college football, um, NFL. I, I'm feeling like at least better than not that we're going to play right. Baseball, I don't feel that way. And, and baseball, what, what's scaring me about baseball is that the owners and the players can't agree. And, and you know, this last proposal um, where, where the, uh, the owners proposed a 76-game season with prorated salary, they're still considering that a, a pay cut, a, a second pay cut that the players have already agreed to one. And the saying that's a step backward. I don't know if we're going to play baseball this year. That is disappointing. Like they missed their 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 window of opportunity to play games. You have Korean baseball going on. You have um, you have the CPBL going on, and and they just missed a, a a time where they could be the only game on. And and it's not it's 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 most you know you're mainly it's mainly an outdoor sport for the most part. You know yeah you do have in, indoor stadiums, but it's not of all of hockey, basketball, and football and baseball. Baseball is the least contact. Right. right, you you you're not. It's it to me. It's the easiest sport to 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 you know mandate and work through social distancing guidelines. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I it's, it's disappointing. I kind of get I get where the players are coming from. I can see what the owners are talking about, but figure it out, you know, because because this 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 to me feels like we're not we're going to lose a season here and this is going to be would be the second time um you know in, in addition to 1994 where where we don't have a world series you know we don't we just don't finish a baseball season this one never even got started uh and it would be it would be a real shame because you know this is baseball obviously i think football has certainly passed has passed it in terms of popularity and but baseball is is really when you think of the history of this country and the fabric it's it's intertwined and it would be it would be sad to not have a baseball season, but it, it is what it is. Yeah. I heard the Houston Astros are pulling for a no season. No, the Astros, you know, they, they, they win big. You know, the Astros were, were going to be, and people have long memories, you know, so when baseball does come back, the Astros will get theirs. I just don't think it's going to be as intense because of everything that's happened. But yeah, I definitely want baseball to come back. A shortened season would be so awesome. All the games would mean so much. And think about like a September, like, you know, week September when we have NBA finals going on, potentially NHL final going on. You have baseball going to the end, like into the pennant race in college football and NFL. Like it just, it sounds so, so amazing. It would yeah. be pretty it, cool. It but... Yeah. There's no good news from the baseball thing right now. It does feel like, if they can't figure this out by like the end of the month, that it's just off. They're just going to cancel the season. Yeah. And that would be, and obviously that has ramifications and people, you know, there are people that work in these stadiums. There are people that, that rely on this outside of the players. You know, most players, hopefully, you know, they're at a point where, where they can, they could sustain a lost season, but there's, there's other people that really can't. And, uh, and it would just be unfortunate. What would be the long-term effects? It hasn't, not the first time that it's happened, but, uh, you know, it's just, it just feels like they gotta, they gotta find some common ground and make this, and make this happen. Because to me, like you said, they're playing baseball around the, around the world. And, uh, 
you know, Korean baseball league, like you said. And the, the interesting thing about the Korean baseball league, the fun thing that I saw, I saw a picture online where they, they put stuffed animals in the crowd. And, <laughs> and I think that would be hilarious. Like, I think we should be, why aren't we doing that, you know, for, for NASCAR and golf events and everything else? Um, we putting stuffed animals. I know they got in trouble uh, a couple of weeks ago for putting other kind of dolls in the, <laughs> in the stand. <laughs> but if we could avoid that and just put, you know, some teddy bears and some rabbits and things like that, I think that's hilarious. Um, but yeah, that, that's the update. Um, some positive news in terms of NBA, NHL, um, college football. Still, we still have some runway, so we'll see how that plays out. But baseball, um, it's, it's kind of teetering on the brink right now. And, and uh, it's like you said, Travis, if we don't get something done, you know, at least some headway, you know, by the end of the month, it's going to be hard for them to, uh, you know, to get the, to get it going and, uh, and finish any kind of a season, which would, which would suck. Yeah. We don't want that. All right. Let's, uh, let's take a break. When we come back. Are we going to have, speaking of stuffed animals in the crowd, are we going to have fake crowd noise on the NFL broadcast? That and some other items when we come back on Good Call. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing Watson X Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with Watson X Governance. Learn more at ibm.com slash governance. IBM. Let's create. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. All 
right, we're back on Good Call. And this seems to be something that broadcasters and obviously, you know, we work for Fox Sports, that they're talking about doing and actually implementing in different areas, fake crowd noise. So NFL broadcast partners considering using fake crowd noise. FS1 is using fake crowd noise um, in Bundesliga, which is the German uh, soccer league. Um, NBA considering NBA 2K sound for crowd noise. Side Sports is working with EA Sports, FIFA division to create um, specific crowd chants and noises. What what do we does that? Would you would you want to hear crowd noise or would you want to, if possible, just have silence and catch more of what the players are saying, or or both is possible? What what do you guys think? I want to see. I want to see no. No, no audio. I want to see no fake crowd noise. I want to see what it sounds like being there close to the action as possible. And I just feel like there's, you know, there's obviously smarter people than me out there making the decision to put this stuff in. But I think it's just kind of a journalistic integrity type thing. Like we don't want to put, you know, fake stuff out there. We hear about fake news. Why fake crowd noise? Like I say, let's just have the natural sound of the game. And maybe you'll have to turn down the mics every so often, probably more often than than uh, you do now. You get the old uh, standards and practices people involved. They'll have to have their uh, mute button ready. I think it's cool. Like with the UFC, I think it really, it kind of changes it. And it's, it's, it's interesting to hear more of, of what's actually happening in the event. So I, I don't like the crowd noise being pumped in. And like, what are you going to do when, when you're a home team, you get to control how loud it goes when you want. Like, I think it creates a false well, what, advantage. Yeah. What, one thing I'm unclear on, are they going to pump it into the stadium also? Because I believe the Bundesliga broadcast, it's just for the people watching. Like, they're not playing crowd noise and chants in the stadium. Oh, so they? it's just for the fan experience? I, I think believe it's just for so. the broadcast, right? Yes. That's, yes. That's yes. my understanding, I, too. Um, because, yeah, like, I've watched Bundesliga highlights. It's, they're putting in, like, you know, when a goal is scored people go crazy but the people like the players in the stadium it's not being broadcast into the stadium oh i see see i'm thinking it's going through the speakers and stuff that's Uh, i don't know i'm a little split you know because it's like i i remember a few years ago when i worked in the highlights department at fox sports i had to cover a really long rain delay baseball game so at the end of the game there was maybe 40 people at Yankee Stadium still. It was like 1 a.m. So hearing the crack of the bat, like echo and hearing like yelling from the dugouts is cool. But I think I don't, I couldn't tell if I thought it was cool because it was a novelty. I don't know what I want to watch, you know, all NFL season with just, you know, hearing just kind of yelling and stuff. I don't know because I'm so trained to have crowd noise. It is a little weird when it's not there. Yeah, I think it would be weird. I think it would be weird without crowd noise. It, I think it, um, I think there's probably ways to do it where it can feel natural. And, um, but I, I, I guess I'd have to experience it. I know, right? Didn't the NBA, the NBA did a, an experiment. I know it wasn't without crowd noise, but they didn't play any like, like artificial noise. No, no, you watch an NBA game, right? There's music during the game. There's, you know, all of these things, a lot of electronic enhancement, and they they 
didn't play anything because they wanted to give the fans just the pure experience of just watching the game without all the extra bells and whistles. And everyone yeah. hated it. Like right. the players hated it. The fans hated it. They did it at Madison Square Garden. They did. Um, and they were just like, people went crazy. And that's why I think like, you know, watching that, yeah, UFC is interesting. Um, I think it, it, you know, you do have, if you've watched the ultimate fighter, you kind of have been exposed to a little bit, but I don't know, like those big sports, I haven't watched any of the Bundesliga games. So I, I'm not sure. I, I just want to watch for myself and, and, and figure it out, see how they're using this crowd. Definitely. Yeah. Um, speaking of UFC, big card, UFC 250, I believe. Is that crazy or what? I mean, I remember UFC one and with, with Hoist Gracie and, but 250, um, Amanda Nunez, it's, it's, did you guys see the fight, Joe? I know you watched. Yeah, I saw Um, it. I, I have to ask a question, Joe, and be honest. You versus Amanda Nunez in a fight, <laughs> MMA rules, UFC rules, five rounds, five minute rounds, who wins? How old am I? How long do I have to train for this fight? Right now. Right now. I'm giving you six <laughs> weeks. I'm giving you six weeks to train to fight Amanda Nunez. Um I'd say I'm an underdog. <laughs> She's bad. <laughs> Amanda you Nunez saying you're is, an underdog? That's I'm definitely, an I'm a pretty big underdog. She's no joke, but I, but, but I'm, I'm. She would kick all of our asses. I'm 75 pounds heavier than her. That's a huge deal. I don't, I don't care. All right, we have. Is that thing. an advantage, though? It's yes. Exactly. Is that an advantage? Yes. Of course, it's an advantage. When Try to get a dude off you that's double sure. your size. I, uh, I still, I think she, I think she's, she is definitely, she's the greatest female combat sports, you know, uh, fighter of all time. I mean, she's I mean, nasty, man. That, that, ha- that girl, I think and, she, yeah, she's good, man. She's real good. All right. What 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 would, what, you'd be the underdog, what would be? I'd probably line. be like, um, you know, given my weight. Are we talking Buster Douglas? Probably, no, Buster no, Douglas? not that big. I'm thinking like, you'll probably get like plus 500 on me. And I'd say bet me, dude. I've, you know, I've got, I've got a, I've got a really, I've got a warrior spirit. <laughs> I'd say put your we'll money on me. Your warrior spirit up off the ground. That's fine. You know what? Maybe we can see it on Fight Island. We're yeah, talk well, about that later. Set it we'll up. talk about Fight Island. I want more information about Fight Island. I'm that picture they sent out was amazing. I'm intrigued. Though. I'm intrigued. <laughs> how tall is Amanda? To, I've never been to Dubai. I'm intrigued. How how you know, tall Dana, is he, Dean? Dana White, you Dana White, you wily bastard. You got me hooked, man. <laughs> I am in. <laughs> and then the other the other UFC news is how many times did Conor McGregor retire again? Is that is that is that what happened over the? I weekend? think this is number three. He did. What what's the what's next for Conor if this is real retirement? Does he does he fight Floyd again? Make a, make another eighty million? Um, does he does he you know? I know he's been very successful. Look his what is it? It's proper twelve. Proper twelve brand. Yeah has done unbelievably well. The guy never has to work again. I get it. It's a combat sport. The, the, the stuff you put your, through your, bo- your, uh, your body through, the mental aspect of it, training, weight cutting, all of it. 
that is not an easy way to make a living. So if he wants to retire, that's great. Oh, more power to him. He's 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 made his he's made his life and future generations of his family's life that much easier um, with how well he's done. But then stick to it, man, because I, I can't like this is like Brett Favre. How many times did Brett Favre retire and then come back and this and that and he's staying, he's going. Stick to it, and also, but don't be, don't say there's no big fights out there. Right, there's big fights for him. Don't don't Tons. say the last, and you've lost. <laughs> exactly. Well, well, he beat. He no, he beat, won his. He uh, won his Cowboy. last fight, Travis. Was, Travis, remember, you no, stick no, to horse fighting. riding. You stick to horse riding. We'll handle the MMA stuff. <laughs> but the thing is, you can't. There, there, and and look, this, the UFC, is better with Conor McGregor. I, I would say they need him, to, but but he is by far their biggest draw. It's a different environment when he's fighting. Um, the sport is bigger when Conor McGregor's involved, and he brings more attention to it. That that trickles down to all the fighters on the roster. But it's just it feels like an interesting time with the UFC right now because you John Jones, um, all, a lot of these other Nate Diaz, they're not they're they're Cejudo's not retiring, right? He's gone. Cejudo's retiring because they're not making the money. Other yeah. than McGregor and some of these top guys. They feel like they're not getting the cut of the pie that they deserve, you know, and they can't make these fights. Um, you know, they they wanted to make the fight with Masvidal and uh, Masvidal's um, retired. He quit too. He asked for for them Masvidal, to release him. They can't, Give me a they break. Can't make a deal for him to fight Usman. So so it's going to be Gilbert Burns. This feels like if McGregor does retire, the UFC will survive. But you start losing these guys. You know, a John Jones, a Masvidal, Nate Diaz. You've got Nick Diaz out there that hasn't fought. Uh, you know, these guys jump to jump to a competing, you know, a competing, uh, uh, you know, organization like Bellator. That could be a big deal. And I'll tell you what, Gilbert Burns, you heard it here first. Gilbert Burns will win that fight. He is nasty. It'll be, you know, I like both of those guys. I think it's going to be a good fight. I certainly could see Gilbert Burns winning that fight. Um, who's not the beast, though? I don't know what the line is, but but I would take I would take Burns all day because he's such a no name. So the line will be affected. I I would I jump all over that. He's nasty. All right. Well, there you go. I did say at the start of the show that Joe has a couple of couple of things that he that he knows about MMA would be one. Um, Travis, you sent me this. I think this is fascinating. I had no idea that this was taking place. And if I did, I would have been out there. You, me, the rest of us would have been a modern day team of goonies. Forrest Glenn <laughs> had buried a treasure in the Rockies, $1 million in worth of like what gold and jewelry. And, and, it apparently was found over the weekend. You you sent me the story. What's the deal? I heard it was two. Yeah. Million. So in 2010, yeah. What what did you say, Joe? I heard it was two million dollars worth of gold and jewelry. Yeah, it it, it could have a value of two million dollars now because it was buried in 2010. Um, so so Forrest Fenn was an art collector, and in New Mexico, and he found out he had kidney cancer and he thought he was going to die. So he put together this this bronze chest full of collectibles and gold and all kinds of different things worth like a million dollars or two million somewhere in there and he in his memoirs he wrote a poem where he hid this in the rocky Mountains somewhere and people have been searching for it for the last 10 years and someone supposedly found it on sunday which is amazing because this thing has been you know people have quit their jobs people have died looking for this like 
he's been sued by multiple people because they 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 put their lives in jeopardy because of it. And, oh come on! And you you made the, you knew the risk. I know you knew the risk, but he was an he's an eighty nine year old man. And he said even he could go get it. So it wasn't it wasn't something that you needed. How to did you not? How did I not know about this? Are you I followed this story for about five or six it. years. I probably I probably knew about it for five or six years. But we could I, have been searching for this. We could have been, and I think we've got. If you think about the Goonies, I don't. We've got a team here. We we could have been out there. We could have been finding this. Um, but yeah, I think that's so cool. I'm interested to see what you know how they found it. Uh, were there were there booby traps like like when? Well, I he doesn't want the guy that found it doesn't want to be named. Okay, well, that makes sense. You know why. You know, IRS going to be called. Like, yo, where, where's, where's our taxes, bro? And I'd be like, yo, d- I ain't telling nobody either. I would, I would set X like a gold chalice to the IRS. You know, just here, here's your, here's your thirty percent or whatever the heck it is. Um, but I, I, I think that's hilarious. I think that's so cool. Um, and and I wish like I, I could get to the point where I could have a treasure. And on and on my deathbed, I kind of hide it somewhere and have people look for it as my legacy. I thought it was a great marketing awesome. scheme to sell more of his books. I mean, that's genius to me. It oh, would have been yeah, more genius sure. if there was no treasure. <laughs> he was just like, "Got your oh, ass, God, yeah. <laughs> buy my books, got you." Oh man! Either way, Forrest came out after on Sunday and said he's like kind of kind of glad it's over, but you know, sad that 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 the search is over as well. So he is, he's still alive. Or he's still alive. He's 89. Yeah. yeah. He beat, he beat the kidney cancer and now yeah. he's still okay. alive. Yeah. So the story when he, he buried it, when he had cancer, he thought he was going to pass and then he beat it. So yeah. it became this big. Yeah. And so it took 10 years. And of course, like you, you would have think 2020 would not be the year. Anything like that good would happen, but obviously, you know, um, I'm I think, interested I, in I, I think the dude doesn't want his name disclosed because there was like multiple like helicopter rescues and you know a few people died, but there, he's probably like, hey, all the helicopter bills probably going to go to him, the guy that found it. All right, great. We well, got not cynical thoughts on this. That guy's just a treasure hunter. He found it. Well, I think it's a cool story. I, I have nothing wrong with it. <laughs> the cops actually <laughs> called him and said, "Can you take it? Like, stop doing no, this." No, Scott's like. Scott's like, I just got back from the Rockies and searching for it. <laughs> Where have you been, Scott? Yeah. Past five years I've been going every every May. I mean, you figure if you spend five years yeah. looking and you find it, you're still like you're still making a couple hundred grand a year. All right. Speaking of treasure and people searching for treasure, what's the deal with Vegas, Joe? Can wow. we go? What a is it open treasure? Nice segue. What a right? professional. What, that is a professional deal, segue. What's the deal with Vegas? I, I want to go, but what is my trip going to look like? Can I go to restaurants? Can I go to shows? Can I go gamble? What what you what could, does it look like? Yeah, you could definitely gamble. You could definitely go to restaurants. Uh, I don't know about the shows yet. I'm assuming they're open. I'm going. Um, I'm going and on Friday, so I'll be there later this week, uh, and I'll I'll be able to report back next week. I'm doing it for work. Yeah, report you know. back because we definitely Luca, my who's my oldest. Um, for the listeners, nine years old, we've been planning, wanting to go to Vegas, try some different restaurants. Um, he wants to, you know, hit the craft table, and but you know, maybe hit the Rhino. But I just, I just need to know. I just need to know what you know what what's happening. 
before uh, before we booked the trip. You know what, Dean? Since you're such, Joe, a, I such think- a good friend, and I love Luca like my, like he's my own, I'm going to do all that for you guys and let you know how it goes. Oh wow! <laughs> um, I'll give a full report. I do know that the crap tables. I believe they're minimum or maximum six people now. There's plexiglass okay. all over like the blackjack tables, I, and I just can't wait. Like. How long is it going to take for somebody to just put a fist through one of those things? Because the dealer hit a 16 and got a five or whatever. Like, it's just, I got to yeah. go just to see this, the madness that is Vegas. Even uh, more madness. We take than a lot normal. of pictures too. I would love to see it. You got it. Anything yeah. for you, Scott? All right. Thank and you, now I, I've got, yeah. I've got a, a, I came across a ridiculous, ridiculous sports trivia stat like a stat that would be a great sports trivia question. And so I, I kind of, I, I didn't believe it and it's true. And so I'm going to give you guys three, I'm going to give you guys which one is true. Okay. I'm going to give you three different scenarios, stats related. You'll understand what I'm talking about. One of them is true. The other two are false. You have to guess which one's true. Okay. Okay. So, so here, here's the, here's the three things. Um, Madison Baumgartner, has more multi-home run games than Babe Ruth. Okay, that's the first stat. Okay. Second stat. Manute Bowl hit more three-pointers in one game in his career than Steve Kerr did. And then the last stat, Peyton Hillis. If you remember Peyton Hillis, he oh, had yeah. a couple good years oh, yeah. with the Broncos. Peyton yeah. Hillis has more three-touchdown games in his career than Eric Dickerson. I'm going One Peyton. of those is true. Peyton Hillis is true. Ball. Peyton Hillis is true. He was my guy, dude. He Hillis led me to a brown. fantasy title. Fantasy title, Peyton Hillis, dude. I'm a champ because of See, him. Peyton Hillis. So Joe says Peyton Hillis is true. Travis? What? what? I, I'm going to go with Madison Baumgartner and the multi-home run. There is Madison no way. More, I guarantee you that one's not right. Paper. There's no way that one's right. Guaranteed. Then, <laughs> but then... The Scott, Steve Kerr one was Manupal had what was it? Manupal has hit more threes in a game, in a single game, than Steve Kerr has in their career. His single game record. His single game higher. number was higher than Steve Kerr. Well, I, all I'll say is I know there is that one game where he hit like five threes, I believe, in a row. Uh, or what's was, your answer? Maybe it was five. You know what? I'll just Let's go with that. that. And then all of us have a different one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that exactly. one is plausible. Yeah. No, I'll there, go with the manupal. Yeah, I tell you, I can tell you right now, there's no, there's, okay. there's no <laughs> way Travis wins. Absolutely no way. Okay. I'm so, worried about, I actually think the manupal and then the, the home run one might be those two. Okay. So I'll give you, I'll give you the, the two that are false first. Okay. So, Joe's right. Madison Baumgartner, Babe Ruth, one is is not is not correct. Okay. 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 The other one that's false is Peyton Hillis having oh, more three wow. touchdown games than Eric Dickerson. <laughs> Manu Bowl hit six three pointers in one game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. Steve Kerr's best. And Steve Kerr has the highest percentage career, or something right. ridiculous like top three career. And Steve Kerr's highest in the game was five. Manupal actually has that's more. awesome. For the listeners, if when you want to know it's that, I was like, that's ridiculous. Different yeah. era. I didn't Different know that. Era, I didn't you know? know that game that Scott was referring to, but I mean, I could see you know one game, but 
I knew there was no way Babe, the Babe Ruth thing was right. But well, if, for the listeners, the if anybody wants is, to know what Travis looks like, he, he kind of looks like Steve Kerr. <laughs> he does. He, he does look like Steve Kerr. He's got a little bit of a Steve Kerr. Yeah, yep, he has Steve Kerr. He definitely has Steve Kerr um, characteristics. Um, yeah. I wow, should have known crazy. that that would have been the answer because that's the only thing that's like NBA is like in the news right now. No one's really talking about like NFL stats or Every- definitely not talking about baseball. Everyone go to YouTube. I think Manupo was on the bullets at the time he did it. Maybe he wasn't, but his 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 shooting stroke is like a catapult pulling back <laughs> and then launching forward. You gotta <laughs> right, watch, I remember you gotta that. It. I remember that. It's, it's but you would have thought you would have thought though Steve Kerr would have had those on those bowl teams. He would have had more than five. There weren't enough basketballs to go around for him to get all those shots, though. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, because the other guy, because the other guy, the other guy, there was that one dude, that one guy that wore 23. (laughs) The asshole, the asshole (laughs) would have been running around. Yeah. Oh, that's, of course, making his teammates feel bad and not letting Steve Kerr beat Mino Bowl in a three point contest. Dean, I just want to let you know um, Amanda Nunez is 5'8, 135. Okay. I'm 6'1, 235. So it's 100 pounds and a significant reach difference. So I'm just. She's going to throw that out there. I'm still putting my money on her. I don't blame you. Yeah, I'll put it on her. Yeah, that's fine. It's fine. All right, Brain of Blandino. Call guy over. He does a dance or shuffle on the way. What the fuck was that? Yeah. Seriously? Have you ever experienced that? Of course. Like what? If you ever, if any one of you guys. Oh, I guarantee you I Travis does you, that. If I see you anywhere, like if we're at a bar, whenever we're able to go to bars, and I'm like, hey, and I walk in and I go, hey, Travis, and you like do like a dance shuffle over to me, we're no longer friends. Friendship. Yeah, I won't do that. Don't worry. No, guarantee you. Have you experienced that? Have you experienced that? That, that seems like a Pereira thing. 100%. Oh, Pereira would definitely <laughs> do that. Yeah, definitely Pereira would. Good call. Good call, Scott. Good call. He would come over and he would do like the shuffle and then give you like an uncomfortably long hug. Like it would just or shoulder yeah. rub, the shoulder <laughs> rub, a hundred percent. Pereira would do that. The other thing that people It'd do, like, like a weird, a the, weird shuffle, like off, off beat, like what, like there's no music, a hundred, kind of like you're in a conga line, but no one else is there. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, that's a great segue. Thursday, FS1, watch the show. What's it called, Travis? With with Chris Myers, the home game. The home game, me versus Pereira in a trivia contest. It airs Thursday. I'm not going to tell you what happened, but you got to watch. I can't All wait right. to see it. I, I, must-see TV. Must-see TV. All right, this has been Good Calls with Dean Blandino. Please follow me on Twitter at Dean Blandino and Instagram at Dean.Blandino. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Rules Podcast. And be sure to rate our podcast on the iHeartRadio app and on Apple Podcasts. Good Calls with Dean Blandino is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. 
Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.